to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. I'm Lynn Poindexter and you're watching the three before. Angel Tree is a ministry of prison fellowship that helps distribute Christmas gifts to children who have parents that are incarcerated. We have been blessed to partner with this ministry for many years. We have a limited number of angels available in the mall at Bear beginning this weekend. Between now and November 5th, Angel Tree will be sending us new names each week. So if you aren't able to get the name of a child this weekend, stop by again next weekend. If you would like to serve in this ministry, send an email to lpoindexter at ctcde.church. Guys, this Saturday, October 21st, is our next men's fellowship breakfast at 7.30 a.m. at the Bear Campus. As always, men from both campuses are welcome, and we encourage you to bring someone with you. This month, Pastor Jonathan Whitney will be the speaker. There's no need to sign up. Just come ready to eat, learn, and fellowship with other men. So many of you have been part of Operation Christmas Child over the years. It is always a blessing to see the excitement when the shoeboxes become available. We are getting ready for another year of OCC now. Beginning the weekend of November 5th, shoe boxes will be available at the Bear Campus for pickup. For our Ellesmere Campus family, there will be more information in the coming days about when you can pick up shoe boxes. Then, as always, you will fill those with gifts per the instructions and include your $10 donation to cover the cost of shipping. Thank you for getting involved in this exciting ministry. Thanks for being here today. You can find more information about all of our ministries by going to ctcde.church. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. As we worship together today, our prayer is that you be feeling encouraged and closer to God than ever. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. Now, let's get ready to worship. morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? 
We welcome those that are worshiping online. Let's stand together this morning. God is the great I am. His name is Jehovah. And His name is far above every other name. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine. And we worship Him today. He shames every idol. He reigns without rival. He goes by the name of Jehovah, Jehovah. He speaks into nothing. And darkness goes Your 
worship you, Jehovah, the one who was and is and is to come, the one who is above all and the one who is here with us today. God, we welcome you. We welcome you to be with us today. And we ask that you, by your Holy Spirit, would move among us today as we're together, that you would speak to our hearts and it would make us different from when we came in today. As we listen to your word, as we worship you in song, as we fellowship together, As we pray around the altar in a few minutes, God, we pray that you would be glorified in everything that we say and do today. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord praise before you're seated this morning. Amen. You can be seated. He's worthy of praise. Amen. We welcome you today to Christ the Cornerstone. Thanks so much for being with us. If you're in the, whether you're in the room or worshiping online, if you're worshiping online, we extend a special welcome to you. If you're new, uh, whether you're here in the room or online, uh, we want to we want to welcome you especially. If you're here in the building and you're new, you've never been to Christ the Cornerstone before, or maybe you've only been a few times. When you leave the room today, on the left side of the mall is our Connect Central. We encourage you to stop by there and pick up a free gift that we have for you. Uh, you can meet some folks from the church, find out about any and all the ministries that we have going on here at Christ the Cornerstone and how maybe you can get involved in some of those. If you're new and you're online, uh, you can go to the upper right-hand corner of the screen and click the I'm New Here button or the window that uh, popped up in the chat just now. So uh, you can take care of those things. Also on your table there uh, in front of you is, uh, is several things. One of those things is our monthly bulletin. It lets you know some of the uh, upcoming events that we have going on and how you can get involved in those things. Also, there is our acting out brochure that we are encouraging you to fill out and uh, consider where you might get involved in serving in ministry. That's one of the greatest opportunities for us to show that we're growing in Christ is when we take a step and say, I want to serve. I want to do more than just come to church and go home. So uh, we would love to have uh, you serving in some area of ministry, no matter what it is. Uh, so let us know about that, and someone, a uh, key person from that particular ministry, uh, will get in touch with you. There at your seat is a uh, Connect card. Also, Connect cards are available online. Uh, wherever you are, in the building or online, if you would fill that out, let us know who's worshiping with you uh, so that we can uh, know that you've been here. If you have a prayer request or a praise report, you can also uh, share those things on, uh, on that Connect card. All right? All right? A lot of stuff. Sometimes I'm just standing up here going, is anybody listening? But thank you for listening. Here's Pastor Roger. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. We gather in the name of Jesus Christ. It is a gorgeous day to be able to gather together today, and I'm so glad that you all have joined us this morning. And uh, a couple other things. Thank you, Pastor Bill, for, for reminding us of the ways that we uh, that we follow Christ here. We just focus on loving God and others, serving, using our gifts and our abilities as best we can. And we're constantly talking about this, encouraging you to stretch your faith 
by trusting in Jesus Christ with yourself. Doing, living as Jesus teaches us to live. That's what it's about. I don't want to jump into my sermon too soon because then you all go home right away. And I don't want you to do that. But, uh, but that's uh, what it's about. A couple more things just to, just to mention. Mentioned on the, uh, the announcement video that played uh, before we started singing about the angel tree. It's that time of the season when and we participate in the angel tree ministries which provides Christmas gifts for families of persons who are incarcerated. And are, are, we're a little bit slow getting uh, names onto the angel tree, but the angel tree is out in the mall area. And if there's a family that you would like to, to support during this Christmas season, uh, you can pick up one of those angels and follow the instructions uh, on that. But it's that time of the year again. I wanted you to know uh, about that. And also on October 29th is, is an event for, for ladies in our church uh, to gather together, to have lunch together. It's, it's a Sunday, 1230. It'll be right here uh, in the celebration room. And uh, so come, plan to come to that. It'll be a very inspiring time for the ladies of our church. These are t- the, 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 that event on the 29th is one of uh, several events that we do throughout the year that are intended to be opportunities that if you are, especially if you're newer to Christ the Cornerstone, these are opportunities when you can meet other people in a, in a, uh, a time when you can have conversation with them. And from those kinds of meetings, we want you to get involved with a, a smaller group of, of people where you can talk more uh, closely about how life is going for you. You can pray together. You can learn together. But these, these more public events are designed to kind of be launch pads for getting to, to, to know that. You can't be part of a church uh, this size just by being an individual. It won't be a meaningful experience for you. You get something difficult in, in coming along in your life and you realize you need the body of Christ to help you in that. But unless you take responsibility to build some of those relationships, you're going to feel left out. You're going to feel lost. And uh, so that's, I, I mean, I, I've, I've been part of probably six or seven different congregations throughout my ministry, both as a layperson and as a pastor. And that's just the truth about, uh, about living the life in the body of Christ. So I hope that you'll take advantage of those opportunities and create that uh, experience for you. And finally, as we, as we talk about uh, giving and we give generously at Christ the Cornerstone, we have these scriptures that we seek to follow each week. Uh, and so here's one of the scriptures that I'd like us to read out loud together as we think about uh, ways that we give of our resources and our time and just being generous uh, with others with what God has provided to us. I invite you to read this out loud with me. If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord and he will repay you. Wow, there it is. That's a simple, simple verse just to teach us that we are lending to the Lord, and He is the one who will repay us. Let's stand together. Let's join together in singing as we continue worshiping God this morning. And uh, let me offer this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for Your presence that You bring to us this morning. Lord, help us to focus on You and not be distracted by anything in our environment, by anything in our world. Lord, we've not come here to receive. We've come here this morning, God, to give. We've come here, God, to give our praise to You. 
We've come here to give our thanks to you. We've come here to to remember what you have done in our lives. We've come here, God, to, to say to you, we trust you. And we will do. We will live our lives as best we can, following your ways. God, we pray that through these songs, through our thoughts, through our actions today, that you will be glorified. And that means, God, that that your presence will be made known in our lives and in this world. We're here to worship you this morning because of our Lord Jesus, who is our Savior. Amen. Now this gospel's 
to you today. That song tells the story of our redemption from beginning to end. It tells the story of why God came after us. It tells the story of the power that is in His name. We sang about the power that's in His name in the very beginning of this service. And wherever we read it in Scripture or seen it done before, you know that we serve the same God today? That was written about in the Bible that Moses served, that Abraham served, that Isaac served, that Jacob served and worshipped. That delivered millions of people from bondage in Egypt. That raised people from the dead. That healed diseases that opened blinded eyes. Do you know that that's the same God that we worship today? We thank you. We thank you, God. Now... God is not a slot machine. He's not an ATM where we go in and we put in a card and we punch in a button and we get what we want. But God is way more than able to do whatever it is that you need him to do today because he is just the same as he's always been. And if he's done it before, he will do it again. If he did it for me, he will do it for you. And we worship him today. I'm calling on the God of Jacob, whose love endures through generations. I know that you will keep your covenant. I'm calling on the God of Oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you now. How I need you now. Oh rock, oh rock of ages, I'm standing on your faithfulness. On your faithfulness. 
we need your Holy Spirit. That's right. Go ahead and worship him. We need your Holy Spirit to come and guide us, to come and lead us, to come and heal us, to come and save us, to come and set us free. One of the burdens of my heart over the last two or three months is that, and I'm not speaking to anybody in particular, maybe I'm just talking to me, but in a group this size and with our online audience, I sense from time to time that we come into this room carrying burdens. And we might even come to the altar at the end of the service and pray. But when the service is over, we pack those burdens up in the same container we brought them in, and we take them home with us. And that's not how it's meant to be. We can trust Him. In the beginning of that bridge, we sang, You heard your children then? You hear your children now. So what is it that you're asking from God? What is it that you're asking Him for that you just don't yet believe in your heart that He can do? For the next few minutes, we're going to worship the Lord with a song called To My Knees. And so I just want to invite you. This altar is open. It's open anytime. We're singing. If you feel like you want to come to the altar and worship, please feel free to do that. But as we sing this song, if you want to, you can just let us take care of the singing. You can sing if you want to, but I want to encourage you to come to this place or kneel right where you are or grab someone near you and say, man, I've I got to have somebody pray with me because I've got this thing that I have to leave here and not leave with this morning. God's love and His grace and His mercy brings us to our knees. And when we are on our knees, there is no danger of us thinking more highly of ourselves than we should. It's right, it's exactly in the place where He wants us to be surrendered to Him. And so God, today, as we worship You, and as we give You our heart, we pray that You would bring us to a place of worship, 
and adoration that we might leave those things at your feet. In the Savior's love I find joy beyond compare and this peace covers all of me. When you breathe within you turn winter into spring Christ dissolves every fear in me. Your love brings me to my knees, brings me to my knees, my King
and we worship you. Now, while we're just in this atmosphere of worship, whatever it is that you came down and laid before the Lord, let's just speak out loud. God, I don't want to take it with me. God, I trust you. I believe you. Lord, your love and your mercy has brought me to my knees, to a place of surrender. That's where I want to stay. children, if you would come forward and meet with Miss April here, let's just offer a blessing and a, for, our, for our children and our young people as they go off to their room. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you have chosen to be with us this morning as we woke up this morning and we decided, I am going to come into the presence of the Lord this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for meeting us here. Thank you, Jesus, for waking us up. Thank you, God, for these young ones who are with us this morning. We ask your blessing to fall upon them. They don't understand it. We don't understand it. But we know you are with them, and we give you praise and glory for that. Protect them. Teach them. Guide us. Protect us. Guide us who leads them, that they may know you all the days of their lives. Thank you, Jesus. In your holy name we pray. Amen. I promise someday we're going to change that bumper.
But I appreciate you putting, putting up with it and sticking with this theme of acting out, playing our part in the kingdom of God. It's so, it's so repetitious, but Jesus, you know, part of teaching, part of learning is repetition. Every day you have the opportunity to practice what Jesus teaches us to do. Those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus or disciples of Jesus, which is the biblical word and it's a churchy word and it's not a word that we hear. In fact, it's a word that we don't hear use out in the world unless we're talking about some kind of religious context. And I wish we wouldn't do that. Because Jesus Himself wasn't churchy. Jesus said many things that challenged the established church. He said, just follow me. Do what your heavenly Father teaches you to do. So every day we get up, we have an opportunity to do it again. Or to get it right this time. Or to fail again. And Jesus says, I love you. Let's try that again. You feel that way? I do. (laughs) Every day. As we go through this series, acting out, playing our part in the kingdom of God, this morning I want us to, to, to focus on a thought about focusing, maintaining what it is Jesus asks us to do. And a, 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 acting out means that we've got to focus and not get distracted. But getting distracted in this world is really easy. For example, we've got a hand. See? I was, I was, uh, uh, you've heard my preaching now for, for, we're in our seventh year together, uh, being, being, being together. And so you've probably seen, heard me give messages and you're, where is he going with that? That's a rabbit trail or, uh, what was that? The, the, the movie Up, uh, where Squirrel and you kind of go off on a tangent and you're chasing the squirrel. In fact, somebody told me I should have a squirrel run across the stage this morning. And squirrel, we're talking about fingers. And you're like having no idea where's Roger going with all of this stuff. I'm talking about distractions. But we got hand, we got fingers on our hands. Is a thumb a finger? You know, we could ask all kinds of questions about things. Why, why aren't all of my fingers the same size? Why, why is this one? It's a finger, but we call it a pinky. This one's a finger, but it's a ring finger. As, and, and, and we point our fingers at somebody. We have all kinds of, we have finger foods. We have finger sandwiches. But nobody wants to eat a finger sandwich. Well, I mean, you don't want to eat a sandwich made from a finger. But we call it a finger sandwich. Just like a bologna sandwich has two slices of bread with a hunk of bologna in between. That's a bunch of bologna. I mean, am I getting distracted yet? So we got fish fingers. We got steak fingers we get, we even have chicken fingers and in this case we got finger chickens so 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 last last uh, monday got to be careful what finger i put it on right last last monday carolyn and then steven scholes and debbie and lawanda and i went uh, went down to rehoboth and one of carolyn's favorite places at rehoboth is uh, a, a little shop down what's called penny lane and uh, if you've been there, you've probably been down Penny Lane. There's a little toy shop down there. Carolyn and I like to go in. It's got nostalgic toys in it. And we were walking through that, and Carolyn was in front of me. And, and, and I was looking at, and I saw these little chickens. Four dollars gets me two little finger chickens. 
<laughs> and there is a 10-year-old boy in me that will not grow up. And every, I think there's a 10-year-old boy in every man. And praise God for the, for the wives that let us let that boy live. It's important. You've got to let that boy live. Anyway, what does this, chi- what does this finger chicken do? I'm going to shoot it at the camera. It's going to go so fast. Ooh, hopefully, okay, pick, pick your eyes up. Oh, it went right over, almost over to Peggy. Well, actually, what you do, Peggy, shoot that back at me. I'm going to shoot it at the drum cage. It's supposed to stick on the wall. Ah, almost. I did shoot it up at the ceiling earlier today, and I was surprised that it got up there. Am I getting distracted? You came here for a sermon, and look what we're doing. We're playing with finger chickens that stick on the ceiling. There it is. It is stuck on the ceiling. It'll come down in a minute. Here it comes. Come on. Come on. Oh, hey. Well, thank you so much. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. Come here. Come here. Will you help me? Here, I'll show you how to do this. Do you see the... There it is. (laughs) We got to try to do that again, right? Let's let's get it up on the ceiling. Got to go like this. Boom. There we go. Look, look, look. Do you see it up there? Yeah. Yeah. There it is. It came down again. You know what I did this morning? Wait, come back here, Jack. Don't leave yet. We're having fun. Okay. You know what I did this morning? I was out in the mall playing with these things, and I shot it just like that. And I hit a woman in the eye right there. I felt really bad. Try one more time. And then I got to get back to work. Watch, Jack. Jack, Jack, look up at the ceiling. Look up at the ceiling. Up. Boom. There it goes. Okay. So. <laughs> Thank you. You want. You can, you can keep that during the service, but bring it back to me afterwards, okay? Can you bring it back to me later? Will you do that? I'm uh, not sure. <laughs> okay, take that one. Right, right. You can take that one. Take your cap and go to mom. There you go. All right. Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Jack. We did not plan that. That was, and I, You know what? That's the fun thing, and I'm so glad that you're a congregation that can be spontaneous like that, that you have the freedom to say, hey, here's an opportunity to have some fun and help this. So let's take Jack up. And so thank you, uh, Holly, for, for bringing, <laughs> bringing Jack up and doing that. Distractions. All kinds of, all kinds of things. We're going to read a scripture this morning. That, that shows us a distraction that occurred, but what Paul did to keep going with the purpose that God has for him. And that scripture is from Acts chapter 20, verses 7 through 12. And uh, I'm going to read some other scriptures this morning. And if you want to, they're, they're good scriptures, and they won't be on the screen. But this one is, uh, but, so get a pencil if you want to jot down so, ready for some other, other scriptures. But let's look at Acts chapter 20, verses 7 through 12, and this is what it says. It says, On the first day of the week, we gathered together 
with the local believers to share in the Lord's Supper. This was not Jerusalem. This is in a city called Troas, which is in, in modern-day Turkey. On the first day of the week, we gathered together with local believers to share in the Lord's Supper. Paul was preaching to them, and since he was leaving the next day, he kept talking until midnight. We're going to keep talking until midnight. Paul can keep focus. The upstairs room where we met was lighted with many flickering lamps. He's setting the context. Use your imagination. A small room, upper room. Uh, you know, this, you came in this morning and we had the fog machines on. Don't worry, there was no smoke. It filled the room. And there were, room, there were people in that room and they, and, and, and they all had many flickering lamps. Uh, and, and as Paul spoke on and on. So notice Luke is, is writing the book of Acts and he, he gives us several clues. One of those clues, he told us uh, directly, he preached until midnight, and now he's repeating that Paul's message goes on and on and on and on and on. And a young man named Eutychus, sitting in the windowsill, became very drowsy. Finally, he fell asleep and dropped three stories to his death below. Good. <laughs> Wasn't very nice. Paul went down, bent over him, took him into his arms and said, Don't worry, he is alive. And then they all went back upstairs, shared in the Lord's Supper and ate together. And Paul continued talking with them until dawn. And then he left. Meanwhile, yeah, meanwhile, back at the ranch. Oh, by the way, Eutychus was taken home alive and well, and everyone was greatly relieved. There's several things in this story that I would like us to pay attention to. And the first is this phrase that they gathered together for the Lord's Supper. You know, we have a long tradition as followers of Jesus Christ for taking communion. And we call it communion. The word communion does not appear in the Bible. It's a churchy word. <laughs> it doesn't, it's not a biblical word. Now, don't, tell, don't, don't, don't so Rogers said communion is not biblical. I did not say that. Jesus tells us that when we gather together and break bread, we are to do so in memory of Him. And that, that phrase, break bread, is the phrase that was here. Our translators... Going from the Greek to the English decided, well, we need to make it sound churchy. So let's use this word that everybody in the church understands, the Lord's Supper. I'm not sure why they did that except to appease the people who love their Bible and they expect to read this English story uh, about Jesus and they expect to hear words that they expect to hear. So if we put in here, break bread together, well, that doesn't sound like very churchy words. What happened to communion? It should say communion. It should say the Lord's Supper because we're... No, come on. Let's listen to what Jesus is saying. They broke bread together. Jesus didn't get His disciples into the upper room and say, come on, fellas, we're going to have communion. 
He said, guys, it's the Passover. We must eat a meal in remembrance and in celebration of what God has done and is doing in our world. He challenges. We have a song that we sing. I, 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 I get these phrases come in my head and then, and then the, only bits and pieces of them. But shake my tradition. Shake up my religion. Let us trust in You, God, and in You alone. Not the traditions that we have. Not the traditions that we used to have. Not the traditions that my great-grandfather had. But Jesus, work in my life. Save me. Teach me how to live the way You want me to live. Not just to repeat what somebody said a long time ago. If we believe that Jesus is alive, then He is alive here and now in me. Not because He was there then, but because He's here now. We trust Jesus here and now. That's important as we hear this. These words say, they came together with the local believers to break bread together. And Paul was preaching. Now, the other thing I think that's important in the context of this is that they were in this upper room. An upper room in those days was, was a special room that people would build onto their home for the purposes of guests and other special meetings. Some of us have formal living rooms in our homes. Some of us have formal living rooms that nobody ever goes into. Jim Sapp. I'm going to pick on Jim Sapp. He was he 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 was part of this church until a couple of years ago when they retired and went to Lancaster and and uh, uh, saw him uh, just this week. And uh, he he when they had a home just across the uh, Maryland line, uh, and and I went to visit him one day, and he was so proud to take the pastor into his living room and then say to me you are probably the second person to ever sit on that chair. We have lived here for 30 years. <laughs> beautiful home, beautiful carpet, never walked on. <laughs> well, okay, that's a little extreme for the upper room. But the upper room was this unique spot that was set aside for special purposes and for guests to stay. And they had gathered together in the upper room. Lots of people, all of them having these little lanterns filled with a little clay lantern that had, had, had a reservoir in it for uh, olive oil. And then there was a wick made of something, some kind of cloth probably, that was dipped into that olive oil, came over the edge of the lantern. They lit it with the fire. It gave a little bit. Have you ever burned olive oil in your pan in the kitchen? And the smoke that rises from it? Imagine a lot of little flames of that kind of smoke rising up. It would, it would look like what you came into this morning in this room. Now, we've turned this, the fog machines off during the sermon, but we wanted it here for, just for the ambiance, just to give, remind us. This, this is what every church has created a space that, that allows them to worship God. And in that space, they put things that remind them about the presence of God. That's why we have a cross on the wall. That's why some churches have big altar tables. Some of them have candles on them. 
We just chose this morning to have a little bit more fog in the room to say to you, hey, remember that day when the Israelites were coming out of, out of Egypt and God was before them in a cloud of smoke? So, so for a moment, can't you, can't you just say, hey, wow, thank you, God. That this reminds me of your presence and we come into your presence. Let's not get hung up (laughs) on not having this tradition or having this tradition that we're not used to. The Lord's Supper. Many flickering lamps that smoke rose. We know if if this room was filled with 500 people, each one of us having a candle lit, it would take up extra oxygen. We would be hot together. There's not a lot of ventilation in that little upper room, but there was one window in which this young man, probably somewhere between the ages of 10 and 13, he's like, I had enough of this smoke. And I'm gonna, I need some fresh air. So he went and he's leaned on the, and then, and then the preacher goes on and on and on till midnight, and he, he has enough, and all of a sudden he falls asleep. He probably fainted. Because he wasn't getting enough oxygen and it was hot. And he bloop, fell out the window. Now, let's see what Paul does. As soon as he falls out the window, they tell us he fell three stories to his death. Probably doesn't matter. He died. Now, we could argue that, okay, in our day today, we may say that he only lo- he just knocked the wind out of him. And I've had that experience. I remember skating on our pond in upstate New York and, and, and my feet went right out from under me, in front of me. And I, my feet went up, my back went back. The first thing that hit the ground was my shoulder blades and it just absolutely knocked the wind right out of me. And I remember laying there on the ice, not able to breathe. And I don't know what made me take a breath except that God created our bodies to live. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, my chest, oh, my, 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 my muscles relaxed, my chest opened up, and I got oxygen again. I said, thank you. I don't ever want that to happen again. He fainted. He was dead. Paul went down to him, and, and, and this, look at the process that happens here. Camera's on wide angle. Paul bent over him. This, this word for bent over means he threw himself on him. They wanted me to do that last night, and I didn't want to do that last night, but I did it today. He threw himself on him. Possibly, you know how we, we, in CPR we learn how to do chest compressions. You don't have to take a CPR class to do a chest compression. Paul did a chest compression. Landed on him. And then he picked him up, took him into his arms. I suspect that as soon as Paul landed on him, Paul felt life in the boy again. Don't worry. And I love, I love the, the act that in this healing, in this, in this resurrection, there's physical touch. Don't, don't miss the importance of physical touch in our relationships and in asking people for, for healing. That's why we anoint people with oil, because that touch is significant. We, we're physical people. We need to be touched. We need that. Don't worry. He is alive. This word, don't worry, is, is, is not 
is, is not the kind of worry that, that we tend to do, um, that, that, that is just, you know, a, a nagging thought that comes and we just kind of groan and, and get, get irritated. No, this, this worry, what he's really saying is don't panic. Don't get out of control. Uh, there, there are three times in my ministry during services that ambulances needed to be called. The first one was a gentleman in my in my first church that um, he had some some kind of heart episode. He was sitting in the back of church and and uh, he 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 slumped over. The people who were near him, called, I I reckon you know, it was a, it was a church that that there were probably fifty sixty people in the church that morning and 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 it wasn't a very large church and everybody heard the commotion everybody saw it. it completely stopped the service but i said hey people let's not focus our attention back on him let's stay focused here he's being taken care of let's let's pray for him but it it stopped the service and 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 i don't remember how that service ended the second time and i don't i don't i don't i don't hesitate to tell some details of this but and I'm not going to tell, tell details, but the, the poor organist. Uh, it was a very a much smaller church at this time. I had I had I was serving three churches all at one time, and on Sunday morning I went to travel to all three churches and preached at all three churches. And I was at my first church on this Sunday morning. The organist was follow me, camera. The organist was was just to the left of the pulpit. It's to the right here, but. But I, I was behind this little wall and the organist was sitting over there, but I was about this far apart from, from me and the organist. And all of a sudden I'm preaching. I couldn't see her as she was sitting on the organ, but as I, uh, as I was preaching, all of a sudden I heard in the middle of my sermon, I'm just talking along and all of a sudden there's a I'm like, what is that noise? And everybody, everybody in, the, uh, in the congregation could see her I couldn't, and she had passed out. I don't know, she was, she was diabetic or, or whatever, and she had just slumped right over onto the keys of the organ, and she just started playing some kind of chord <laughs> that was unrecognizable. And of course, we, we took care of her. We made sure she, she came to while she was there, called the ambulance and took care of her. That was the second time. The third time, the third time I didn't even know that it had happened. Because the people in the church saw that somebody needed care and they just came and they just took care of it. I didn't know it until after the service was over. And I was so grateful that, I mean, I felt bad that I didn't even see the person leave the, leave the room, but I was grateful that others did and that the right kind of care was given. Don't worry. Don't panic. Keep order. <laughs> Stay in control. When distractions come into our lives, these are things that we need to learn. We need to learn these things. Paul bent over him. He said he, he put him in his arms. Don't worry. Settle down. Uh, another another paraphrase of this word "don't worry" is "don't riot." <laughs> Keep your cool. Stay calm. Well, all of these things. They show us that Paul treats this interruption rather casually, doesn't it? I, I, I'm surprised every time I read this, and, and, and uh, I, was, I decided to preach on this passage months ago, and then when I got closer to this date, I looked at it again, and I said, what, what am I going to say about this? Why? And I, and I went to a, 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 an illustration library online that I subscribed to, 
And uh, I wanted to see what other preachers were, were you, how, how were they using this passage and how were they illustrating it and what were they talking about it. And I put in this scripture passage in the search for that illustration in that sermon file. Thousands of, of resources on this thing. You know how many hits I got for people preaching on this passage? Absolutely one. I thought, well, yay for Roger going where nobody else is willing to go. <laughs> so I guess I had to put this sermon on that thing so other people can, can, can learn how to preach this passage. What, put it with the chickens. Thank you. I think there's a, there's a problem. Paul very casually deals with this emergency in the middle of a sermon. But do you see what he does? He deals with the emergency and he gets right back to what God's calling him to do. That's where God wants us to live our lives, in the midst of the chaos and the distractions of our own lives. Paul comes, this to, Paul comes to this with a confidence in the power of God. He's preaching. The boy falls and dies. We can take care of this. Downstairs. Bend over this guy. Pick him up. Don't worry. Stay calm. He's alive. You got him, Mom? Take him home. Let's get back to doing the work that Jesus asked us to do. The distractions that Jesus gives to you and your life, don't let them take over your life. Constantly have the confidence in God. We sing a, we sing a song here that has the phrase, My confidence is your faithfulness, O God. Think about that phrase. And I know that we don't, we don't sing traditional hymns in this church, but the songs that we do sing are no less biblical and they are no less powerful. My confidence? Now, where's your confidence? Where On what do you place your confidence? Financially. In whom do you trust? Last week I put the picture up there. In God we trust. For our economy. But do we really? We take a dollar bill out and we think, well, this is just paper and the government keeps printing more paper. There's no more gold behind this paper anymore. Where is our confidence that this, that this paper will get me? And every day, this piece of paper gets me less and less for what it says it is. I have no confidence that this, will, that this dollar will buy the same amount tomorrow that it did last year. My confidence is not in the Bible. I mean, oops, that was wrong. My confidence is not in the dollar. My confidence is in God's faithfulness. Why? First, Second Thessalonians, these are the verses that I thought you might want to write down. From Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, says this. But the Lord is faithful. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. The Lord is faithful. The Old Testament, Lamentations. Abbreviate that just L-A-M. Lamentations. Chapter 3. 
verse 22. 3.22 The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. This is the Old Testament book of Lamentations. Whenever you read the book of Lamentations, you need to hear that this is a book about grieving. It's a book about lamenting. It's a book about complaining that things in this world don't go the way they're supposed to go. It says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O God. My confidence is not in what is in this world. My confidence is in the faithfulness of God. Going back to the New Testament, the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. 2 Timothy 2:11. The saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, we will also live with Him. If we endure, we will also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He will deny us. If we are faithless, He remains faithful. For He cannot deny Himself. And then finally, 1 John Chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, He (laughs) is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is faithful. Let your confidence Be not in anything else, but in His faithfulness. And then, as Paul did, he got on with the work. He trusted in God's faithfulness. He used the power of God to bring this guy back to life. God gives us His power to live this life, to do healings, to teach confidently, to teach our children the way that God wants us to live our lives for us ourselves, to be the testimony to the people around us at work in our families. It is the witness that we have of God's faithfulness. That brings the change in the world. Remember Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of this good message of Jesus Christ because this message of Jesus Christ, this message is the power of God for the salvation of all people. I don't trust in myself. We trust in God and what He has done. And then I trust it to the point that I act upon it. I use it. I rely on it. I stand on it. I sit on it. I put it in my pocket and I pull it out when I need it and say, God, bring healing to this person. Cleanse my own soul, God, by the faith of Jesus Christ. And then we do as Paul does. We get on with the task for which he has called us. To proclaim him, to live for him, to witness for him. As I've said in other services, 
Matthew 4.23, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, to teach the, the ways that God has for us and to heal every kind of sickness and disease. Church, let's just do that. Go <laughs> and do it. Before we go, let's stand together and let's sing a song. Let's have one more time of prayer this morning. Bill led us in a beautiful time of prayer earlier, and, and I'm so pleased that some of you responded to that time, and I know that you sensed God's presence in that time. You sensed God's direction during that time. Let's enter that time one more time. And think about these things. Is your confidence alone in Jesus Christ? What are you facing this week that you need to enter and to do with the confidence of God? Every week. Every week. I need to be reminded, oh God. I can't do this, God, except that you do it through me. God, there are things that I don't do well that I'm supposed to do well. God, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry I said that. Oh, God, I need you in my life to teach me and to show me how to act. Lord, I need you to forgive my pride that says, I don't need to do what you want me to do. I need to do what I want to do. Oh, God, let me be teachable to your ways. You, God, be glorified in my life. If, that, if you join me in that prayer, come once again and make that commitment to say, my confidence is in your faithfulness, God, not my own. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, glory to you. Glory to you, Jesus. Before we leave today, God, speak to us one more time and let us respond to you with our own commitment to trust You for the forgiveness of our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and to go forth <laughs> and be about the task that You've called us to do. In Jesus' name, Amen.
here for a few minutes. The altar is still open. There are still folks available at the prayer stations and available online to meet with you and pray with you if you need someone to pray with you. But uh, when, and when you need to go, you can go. But let's continue to worship the Lord for a few moments and pour out our hearts to Him. And don't leave today or sign off from online until you have someone to pray with you if you need someone. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us. Sing high. 